Hello and welcome to the Radix Research Podcast. Today we'll be focusing on the San Antonio market, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Richard Lowe, Principal and General Partner at Pilot Legacy Private Equity Group, a firm that focuses predominantly in the Texas Triangle and has a ton of experience in the San Antonio market. Rich, welcome to the program. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. I'm from San Antonio, Texas, originally born here, grew up till about the age of 10, and then moved out a little bit northwest up to the beautiful Texas Hill Country. Went to college at the University of Texas at Austin, where I studied mechanical engineering. I went into the Air Force. I flew for 28 years in the Air Force, uh, some of that active duty, some of it in the reserves. I moved back to San Antonio in 1998 and have been there ever since. And so I have a very good understanding of San Antonio. My family's from here, the Texas Hill Country at large, and the general Texas Triangle region. Most of our team is from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So I'm the South Texas contingent, if you will. San Antonio has always lagged somewhat behind the bigger brothers of Dallas-Fort Worth and uh, Austin, but San Antonio is a diamond in the rough. It's coming into its own, so I'm excited to tell you a little bit more about that and and my perspectives on the area. Great. Well, thanks, Rich. Uh, So to start us off, let's talk about what we've been seeing recently in multifamily. Uh, Across the country, fundamentals have been slowing down for the better part of 12 to 15 months. Certainly that had an impact um, coming out of the Fed's monetary tightening, uh, some of the slowdown from what we saw as such a tremendous growth year in 2021. But San Antonio has been one of the, the weakest performing markets. In fact, it's got the lowest occupancy of any market that we track in the country right now, below 93%. Its rents are negative year over year. Um, so if you could tell me a little bit about what you're seeing. You bet. Well, obviously, the the big answer here is monetary policy. Everybody recognizes that. That is the tremendous blanket that not only covers the state, but the nation, and it even impacts the economy globally. San Antonio has always been known as a tourism destination. It also has a very large military footprint. It's been dubbed the Military City USA. I've spent a large part of my military career here in San Antonio. But in recent years, We've seen tremendous growth, tremendous industry coming to San Antonio, and especially in areas where they have been more economically lagging down in the south. We've got the new Toyota plant. We've got Texas A&M universities moving down in the south. And then we've got additional expansion moving westward, most prominently west over hills, where we're seeing a tremendous growth in fintech and cybersecurity. Not a lot of people know, but there's a, a very large NSA security center there. Uh, big employers, 3M, Valero, USAA, uh, provide a lot of uh, economic foundation for the area. And I live in the north central portion that, you know, if you look at San Antonio as the face of the clock, kind of the hub of the big economic activity is in the north-northwest corridor from central San Antonio up through Interstate 10. But again, as you pointed out, that corridor that runs from the center of San Antonio about the one o'clock direction up towards Austin, that I-35 corridor, along that corridor, you've got New Braunfels, uh, San Marcos, and we can't help but benefit directly from the expansion that's going on in Austin and the Austin Tech Corridor up there. That's a great point. And, and along with that economic growth, that job growth, uh, we've seen a ton of multifamily development as well. And, and particularly in that kind of northern region, northwestern region, then up towards New Braunfels. So when we look at the multifamily market, 
perhaps the underperformance is due more to that supply side than any other economic underpinning of, of negative growth. Do you see it more as a supply story than, than an overall slowdown in the market? Well, there's a tremendous amount of, of growth and supply. And you know, as we pointed out, I think the overlying issue, the overarching issue is the monetary policy, right? We, we like to say that everybody's a genius when interest rates are low, and it becomes much more challenging when the interest rates are higher. Just as a, as a quick anecdotal story for the viewers, and I know you're familiar with this story, Chris, about a year and a half ago, we looked at an off-market deal and we aggressively paid or offered a price for this and a large amount of hard money down. And then right as we were about 90% 90, 90 away to our capital raise, interest rates started rising. The loan proceeds were cut and we ended up having to walk away from the deal and losing our hard money. Well, it, rumor has it that that asset, it, it was originally on contract for $41.5 million. We had offered thirty-five. The The seller didn't agree, and we had to walk. But we just heard that that thing went for twenty-seven. So the asset hasn't changed. It's, it's the leverage and the cost of capital that's changed. And so all around San Antonio, especially the area where I live in the north, quadrant, there is an enormous amount of new construction and, and significant construction. You see the elevator shafts and, and, and these big apartment complexes going in. Certainly, these projects were secured before the interest rates started going up. There are certainly probably you know, HUD 221 D4 projects, and so they have fixed long-term interest rates. And so it's the economy more than anything. The underlying uh, appeal of San Antonio is there. And, and one thing I would encourage uh, listeners to do is go to YouTube and type in TexDOT-Loop1604 project. That's T-X-D-O-T, stands for Texas Department of Transportation. And there is a $20 billion infrastructure expansion going on in San Antonio. Right now, that expansion is going on in the Northwest Quadrant, and $7 billion of that has already been funded. I find myself in the midst of that every day, and you would not believe the amount of highway expansion and infrastructure. They're doing double-deckers around the loop just to make the, uh, the flow move a little more rapidly. So, you know, the underlying infrastructure and industries are here, and with uh, financial situations improving, I think San Antonio is going to to outshine a lot of the market in the future. That's a really interesting point, Rich. We, we've talked a lot about infrastructure, you know, even going back, uh, I'd say five to 10 years, as we've seen growth in the Southeast and Southwest, specifically that Sunbelt region where we've seen the most migration growth. The question has always been, is there enough infrastructure development to keep up with the growth? Certainly we've seen the multifamily, we've seen the single family development, um, but, but to your point, uh, is the infrastructure development there. So it's it's great to hear that in San Antonio, they are funding infrastructure. Again, I think what we're seeing in San Antonio from a fundamental perspective might be a short-term slowdown. Uh, we might've been a little bit oversupplied in multifamily. We might've seen growth accelerate a little bit too quickly in 2021. So it's more of a natural slowdown. But to hear what you're saying about the infrastructure development, the multifamily development, the in-migration, I think that bodes very, very well for San Antonio owners and operators moving forward. So shifting gears just a, a bit, Rich, you mentioned some of the big employers. You mentioned 3M, Valero, USAA, certainly the United States military. 
what sort of economic diversity do you see in San Antonio that might allow for continued rent growth into the future? One of the biggest areas that's growing in, in San Antonio is the area of biosciences and healthcare, which is wonderful because it's it's a tremendous technological uh, job base. And it's right there in that northwest corner, right where I grew up. The, the medical center is expanding incredibly. And so with those high-tech jobs comes great economic growth, both in fintech and biotech. San Antonio's seeing growth in new jobs in that sector because for years, all growing up, San Antonio was only hospitality, tourism. But now you're really starting to see uh, data centers show up, uh, Microsoft, JP Morgan, big financial centers and tech centers over in Westover Hills, where that was traditionally undeveloped land. And with uh, Lackland Kelly, uh, they call that uh, you know the, the port over there, the, the West Port, where they've got rail. And of course, Boeing's over there. So there's a lot of defense and aerospace jobs. As the military pivots more to big uh, military industrial complex contractors and job providers over in that area. Uh, that, that's a very good point because what we've seen in the past, San Antonio, like you mentioned, hospitality uh, as well as military, those military renters typically are on a, on a fixed stipend. So rent growth can only grow as fast as their housing stipend. Leisure and hospitality, you off, often don't see significant rent growth coming out of that industry. But to see the high tech jobs, the high paying jobs in healthcare, in technology, I think that will really uh, help boost overall apartment fundamentals as well. Yeah, well, in San Antonio, the way the city's laid out, you had Lackland Kelly on the west side. They've got the uh, big military airlift squadron over there, the C-5s, the strategic airlift. You've got the uh, uh, Texas Air National Guard and F-16 unit. And then over on the east side, you've got the headquarters for the Air Education and Training Command. And in my years in the military, you know, especially when I joined and got in, in in the heat of the Cold War, the military presence was even bigger. And what you see is more of a transition to the civilian side, the civilian contracting and a larger presence of the active duty military. But the vast majority of the economy growth, or the, the tech jobs that we talk about are more in that North Central the old money in San Antonio is right in the heart of the city, the Alamo Heights, Almas Park, Terrell Hills. That's that's the old money. Uh, the newer money is in the north, northwest corridor. You've got you know the big shopping areas, the Rim, La Quintera. You've got Six Flags, you know, SeaWorld all over there. Those are the big tourist areas. And of course, the the San Antonio Medical Center, that's all there on the northwest side with Valero and USAA. So that's kind of the new growing area. And the growth is not so much coming from the military on the west and the east, but moving more to that northwest that, that tends to move up towards the Texas Hill Country. So switching gears to the U.S. economy in general, uh, we've been tracking a, a very interesting development really over the past 12 months. The port of Laredo, Texas and Nuevo Laredo, Mexico has actually surpassed uh, the ports of Long Beach in LA, and has become the most trafficked port by dollar value imports of any port in the US. Now that's related to this idea of nearshoring, onshoring, bringing high-end manufacturing back from parts of Asia, uh, and really developing the high-end manufacturing economy here in the US, as well as in Mexico. So as we see this 
uh, growth in nearshoring, this growth in trade between the U.S. and Mexico and Canada. How do you think that growth of, of the port, growth of the transportation hub that is South Texas, how will that impact San Antonio going forward? The reality of it is, is that it does seem that globalism is continuing its onward march. And being in San Antonio, I see a tremendous amount of uh, immigration traffic that comes through here. That border's opening up. And to your point, we've got a, a lot more trade going on with Mexico now than, we, than we're doing with China. And so you see that traffic coming up. Uh, the manufacturing base down there offers you know, manufacturers a tremendous advantage with the cost of labor and the regulatory burden that's just simply not down in Mexico. And, and those types of relationships, whether it's with you know, U.S. and Canada or U.S. and Mexico, have been being built for a very long time now. I lived in a border town for a number of years, so I've seen it. I've seen the flow that goes back and forth, the workers that come over, and the manufacturing that goes over there. And so, yeah, it's, I, I think it's going to continue to influence and with the migration coming into San Antonio, you know, San Antonio's population is expected to double in the next 30 years. And so that bodes very well for any type of real estate investor. Yeah, that's a great point. And oftentimes we look at domestic migration coming from around the country. Certainly immigration has been trending downward in the past couple of years. But the fact that that immigration is starting to increase once again, to your point, that only bodes well, that, that only fosters demand for multifamily. Uh, and so we continue to see domestic migration from California, from the Northeast, from the Midwest, into Texas and into that I-35 corridor. But the increase in immigration as well will also uh, help bolster demand, help drive occupancy and potentially drive rent growth. Yeah, the good news uh, that I see, and I want to point your uh, listeners to a, a tremendous resource that, that I love. And if you go to Google and you type in Texas Real Estate Research Center, they put out routinely the most amazing compilation of research in all of the major metros in the state of Texas. And, and looking at the, the uh, market analysis at large that they just released about two months ago, you, you know, you could see that the absorption of units in San Antonio is way down and it bottomed out in the, in the spring of this year, but it's starting to bounce and head back up. That is the absorption. Whereas the construction has continued and, and the construction is, is greater than ever. However, the uh, delivery of units has started to go down. And so what you're seeing is the delivery coming down, the absorption coming up, and at some point they're gonna, they're gonna meet. You know, the previous year we had 17,000 units under construction. However, that data reflected just in the previous quarters up to 20,000. So th that is increasing. And I, I did crunch some data in preparation for our program today, Chris. And it's really interesting if you look at the major areas of the Texas Triangle, it's Austin, Houston, DFW, and San Antonio. You know, and, and what I did is I looked at the medium incomes for those economies and then the expenses, the major expenses that folks have, whether it's you know, rent, utilities, and transportation. And what we used to model the transportation was just the public transportation costs, right? Because down in San Antonio, we like to drive big F-350 V8 trucks, whereas in Austin, they might be driving uh, Tesla's. And so to, to give you a consistent baseline we used for the transportation cost, just what it would cost to move around in, in public transportation. And in Austin, based upon the median income up there, uh, people are seeing that 44% of their income is going to rent, 
utilities and transportation, whereas in San Antonio, it's only 35%. Now, it is slightly lower in Houston, but me being a big fan of San Antonio, I'd say, hey, man, that's Houston, right? You know, one thing you get in Houston is you get lots of humidity, <laughs> right? And San Antonio is beautiful. It, it, there's, there's no bad food here. But then uh, likewise, the living expenses, if you look at just the rent alone, the rent costs in Austin are 39%, whereas in, in San Antonio, it's 31. In Houston, it's 29. And so uh, DFW falling right below Austin. So you're going to get more bang for your buck in, of course, Houston and also San Antonio. But Dallas-Fort Worth and Austin have always led the Texas Triangle just because of the large corporate footprint. And of course, Austin is cutting edge with the University of Texas there and the migration from the Silicon Valley to what we call the Silicon Hills of the Texas Hill Country. And so San Antonio and Houston can't help but benefit from that mass migration over time. Well said, well said. And that touches really on the affordability point. Uh, when we've seen such rapid growth uh, in 2021, in 2022, uh, the topic of affordability certainly surfaced again. And the idea of, you know, perhaps rent control. I know you're in Texas where I would be shocked to see statewide rent control, but we've even seen some discussions at the local municipal level about how to curb the affordability issue, what, what to do in the form of rent control and regulation. On the opposite side, I see San Antonio as a much more affordable market. They're also combating affordability with new supply. And so when I, when I look again at long-term growth, understanding that we're in a bit of a down cycle, we're in a bit of a, of a challenging time now, but the long-term growth prospects for San Antonio really seem tremendous and, and really seem like they'll be one of the better performing markets over the next five to 10 years. You know, I think you mentioned Houston and the humidity as well. Uh, when I look at some of the rapidly growing markets, either in the Gulf Coast uh, or in Florida, you also have to take into consideration the rising cost of insurance, the rising challenges from climate change and, and perhaps uh, cataclysmic weather. You look at a place like San Antonio and there aren't as many environmental risks, perhaps, as say the Gulf Coast, Florida, even out in California uh, with some of the things that we've seen. So again, all of this is kind of taking shape to, to tell me at least that San Antonio is a good kind of long-term market, even if we uh, are, are seeing a short-term slowdown. Do you agree with that, Rich? If you look at San Antonio, I like to kind of think of San Antonio as like one of these boring blue chip stocks. You know, it just, it's, it's there. It's kind of an engine. It doesn't have these wild swings like a tech stock, like some of the things you see these boom towns like Austin going through, uh, where you have these huge extremes. You know, San Antonio is always right there. And, it, you know, it's affordable compared to these other uh, areas. And of course, San Antonio is beautiful. So you got all those, those things going for you. But, you know, effective rent per unit is still up there. Uh, if you look at the, I don't know, what, what were you showing for the, uh, the retraction there in the, in the rent growth? I mean, it had to be, it was, a, it was there, but it was very small compared to the overall. Yeah, absolutely. And we're seeing across all asset types and across all unit types, we're seeing about a three and a half percent rent decline in net effective rent on a year over year basis. Uh, but again, to, to the point that you're, you're explaining the growth that we saw in 2021, 2022 was 20, 30% rent growth. So a 3% rent decline is small compared to, uh, to the significant growth that we saw. That's exactly right. And I can remember a, you know, a year and a half ago having this conversation with you where we were doing some underwriting on some deals 
And you know, we routinely try to underwrite three and a half percent rent growth, but like up in Austin and some of those areas, we were seeing six and eight percent. And I know they were seeing stuff like that and even more out in the Phoenix area. And you had mentioned like this isn't gonna stick around. And and sure enough, as soon as that monetary policy kicked in, it cooled, but it's never crashed back down. It it's just flattened. It decreased a little bit year over year, but the overall trend is that it's still marching upwards. And so the thing that's going to hurt people is the big price that they paid and the expiration of the interest rate caps vis-a-vis that, you know, what, where their variable rate loan is going. And so that's what's hurting. As our roller coaster picks up speed, we're going to start seeing some excitement here between now and the spring, we're going to see some real excitement. And I think we're going to see some great opportunities out there for people who kept their powder dry and are ready to rock and roll. Because it's not its not when you get in at the top of the market, it's when you can get in there at the trough and then ride that, that roller coaster as it makes its way up to the next crescendo. That's the classic real estate cycle. Great point, Rich. I'll give you the last word. Any final thoughts that you'd like to share on San Antonio, on the overall housing market in your backyard, uh, and what you see kind of going forward in the San Antonio market for multifamily? Well, for selfish purposes, you know, I I hate to see so many people come here because the roads sure get crowded. 1604 is a little bit crazy. But again, from an investor standpoint, I would encourage your listeners to go to YouTube Type in text.loop 1604 expansion and look at what is planned for San Antonio. It is unlike anything that you have ever seen in your lives. And so with that and the fact that San Antonio is lagging, you know, and I say lagging, you know, think of it like a not like a high flyer stock, but like a, a blue chip stock. You know, it's it's trading at a low price to earnings ratio. I'd like to think of it that way. We look at what's coming to San Antonio. You look at the infrastructure that's coming in. You look at our close proximity to Mexico and the trade opportunities that are there. And you look at the population growth overall, not only for the state of Texas, but more uh, more significantly in the region we call the Texas Triangle. San Antonio is going to provide tremendous opportunity for investors in the years to come. Wonderful. Well, Rich Lowe, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, We've been talking about the San Antonio market today on the Radix Research Podcast. My guest today was Rich Lowe, Principal and General Partner at Pilot Legacy Private Equity Group. Rich, thanks again for being here. Chris, thanks for the opportunity. I enjoyed it.